4: Two things are connected and will be connected to Russia's diagnosis forever. He got the diagnosis, he told the staff in the morning, as I said, and he broke the news to his audience that afternoon. While the audience and the rest of us on the staff were still in shock, there was a pleasant shock to come. I first got wind of that pleasant shock that afternoon when I got a call from my good friend, Sean Hannity. Sean told me that tonight was going to be a special night. No matter what I did, I shouldn't miss the president's State of the Union address. Of course, my curiosity was piqued. What on earth would be happening on the State of the Union address that I wouldn't want to miss and after Sean's call, I started getting other calls from some of my friends in D.C. One of them from Connie Hare, who was the chief of staff for Congressman Louis Gomert, who is a very, very close friend of mine. And Connie said that something special was going to happen tonight. And word was that it would involve Rush. And that rumor was circulating all over Washington, D.C. Well, it didn't take long before we all knew what was happening. The president, State of the Union, was one that will never be forgotten. Never be forgotten. Rush later said that there was more to this story than he told his audience. And one day he would tell us what that more was. Sadly, I don't think we'll ever know.
3: Whether you listened every day. You are at the EIB Network and the Rush Limbaugh program heard on over 600 great radio stations. Or every now and then. Nation's leading radio talk show, the most eagerly anticipated program in America. These are the stories you've never heard from the people behind the scenes who knew him best and loved him most. Rush Limbaugh having more fun than a human being it should be allowed to have. Rush Limbaugh, the man behind the Golden EIB Microphone. Hosted by James Golden
4: unforgettable that's the impression that you the Rush Limbaugh audience made with your support for Russia's last charitable effort while Rush was still with us through the stand-up for Betsy Ross campaign your generosity resulted in a five million dollar donation to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation Rush said it best
3: we chose Tunnel to Towers to be the beneficiary of the campaign because we love the work they do and the story about how they started. When a family experiences significant loss, the mother or father passes while serving our country, Tunnel to Towers steps in, frees that family of a major worry during their time of crisis. Tunnel to Towers pays off mortgages in full for these families and provides them with the comfort of a home when their world has literally been turned upside down.
4: The foundation does the same for first responders and also builds smart homes for our most catastrophically injured veterans and first responders. More heroes need your help. Do good by donating $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's the letter T, the number two, the letter T.
5: He is the greatest fighter and winner.
4: The President's State of the Union.
5: That you will ever meet.
4: President Trump announced.
5: Rush Limbaugh.
4: That Rush Limbaugh was his guest.
5: Thank you for your decades of tireless devotion to our country.
4: There sat Rush Limbaugh next to his wife, Catherine. And on the other side, the President's wife, Melania Trump. And President Trump went on to praise Rush and say, and the Medal of Freedom will be awarded to Rush. You could see the sort of surprised look on Rush's face because that announcement usually means somewhere in the future, there's going to be a White House ceremony. Rush would be invited to the White House and the president would place the medal on Rush at that point. But no, the president had something else in mind. This Medal of Freedom was going to be awarded instantly, right there on the spot. He asked Melania to stand up and present the award. Now you see Rush really surprised. And he turns and he puts his back toward the First Lady and she puts the Medal of Freedom on Rush. And I think that was the big surprise. I have since learned that that Rush knew that he was going to be invited. Of course he knew, he had had to get to Washington, D.C. Let's go back. Rush told this story. He's getting ready to start his treatment. He's in the hospital where the testing is supposed to begin imminently, and he gets a call from the President of the United States, Donald Trump, asking if he can come to Washington, D.C. Well, no, Mr. President, I can. I'm about to start treatment. But Donald Trump was insistent, you have to come. You have to be here. As Rush related this story, he wasn't prepared. He had no clothes with him for the occasion. And his wife, Catherine, found him the right ensemble to wear that night, as well as for herself. And there they are in the Capitol on the State of the Union night, which is the biggest night in Washington, D.C. And not only are they there, They're seated next to the First Lady of the United States, which is the highest honor that a president can bestow on anyone attending. That's the coveted guest spot. But then Rush gets the Medal of Freedom. Later on, as the accolades and the hysteria poured, in, the hysteria was from the left, and I have to tell you, I enjoyed watching and reading all of it. The left, they were beside themselves. How dare this president? How dare he give Rush Limbaugh the Medal of Freedom, but not just give him the Medal of Freedom, how dare he do it on this special night? Russia's fans, millions and millions and millions of Americans applauded the president for this. We have been wanting something like this for Russia's entire career, for him to be recognized for the work that he did in helping to shape American politics and American culture. We, and, and his defense of freedom, his defense of liberty, his defense of individualism and American exceptionalism, we were beside ourselves with joy on the very night that we were feeling immense pain from this diagnosis. I later thought to myself, only President Trump could do this. Only President Trump could give Rush Limbaugh the highest civilian award possible in America and make sure almost every elected Democrat was forced to attend the ceremony. It was a beautiful moment. I was at home watching TV when it happened, and, tears of joy, and my phone was, was going off every other moment. There was another alarm on my phone from someone else texting. People were genuinely surprised, genuinely happy. It was a celebratory night. The celebration was almost as if we had won the election that night. It was just joyous among Rush fans all over the world. And we all thanked President Trump for doing what I don't think any other president would do, which was to recognize publicly how important Rush was, not just to Republican politics, but to the politic of the American people. It was a joyous celebration for Rush fans, one that we will never forget.
3: It was a once in a lifetime thing. It's uh, it's so special and the, the president was not going to let me miss it. He was not going to let me uh, talk him or myself out of appearing at the House chamber that night. And it is, I, I, I couldn't stop looking down at it the, uh, the whole time that I am, uh, that I'm wearing it. It's just, it's just beautiful.
4: Throughout this series, as you know, we've been taking you on a biographical journey of Rush's life, narrated by some of his colleagues and closest friends over the years. Today, we're pleased to have with us another media giant, fearless, outspoken, and a friend of Rush. Welcome, Megan Kelly.
3: The Life of Rush Limbaugh, Chapter 5, narrated by Megan Kelly.
0: In 1988, a retired radio executive named Edward F. McLaughlin decided to use his golden parachute from ABC Radio Networks to form his own brand-new talk radio network, aptly titled EFM Media. After meticulous planning for a successful launch, McLaughlin knew he needed more than just a talented host, but a force behind the mic, and cast a wide net in his search. A hot tip led him out west, where a 38-year-old talk radio host was burning up the airwaves of Sacramento, California.
3: There are any number of people Ed McLaughlin could have chosen, but I fortunately met some people along the way after moving to Sacramento that Ed McLaughlin knew and trusted implicitly. And when he was looking, unbeknownst to me, I don't know any of this is going on, my name is in a list of people he should look into. He could have
0: picked anybody. This was his guy. And McLaughlin made him an offer later described as impossible to turn down. Rush Limbaugh traded the capital of California for the bright lights of the Big Apple. He relocated to New York City and established first a local 10 a.m. to noon show on WABC Radio.
3: Rush Limbaugh, New York, 20 minutes after 10. Back to the phones we go. Vinny, hello, glad you're with us. All right, right. Is that one of them California beach names, or what?
0: no? No, I'm originally <laughs> beach names. In New York, Limbaugh's early days were an unqualified success, even with the challenge of a meddling program director who unsuccessfully tried to get Rush to change what would become his signature on-air style. Rush, being Rush, dug in and ultimately prevailed after his first shows on WABC radio went off without a hitch. Rush's mentor and new boss, Ed McLaughlin, proudly recalled after hearing his first show that, quote, I knew he could handle it. Ed McLaughlin never wavered a single time.
3: He never asked me to tone it down, to change things, to do whatever to accommodate this
0: complaint or that complaint. Safe to say, Rush Limbaugh more than just handled it. He crushed it.
3: People credit me with this, but I couldn't have done any of this if
0: it hadn't been for Ed McLaughlin. Ed McLaughlin saved AM radio by investing in it. The fast lane to nationwide syndication for the Rush Limbaugh show was just around the corner. It really hit me how damn lucky I am
3: and have been. I try to never, ever forget it.
4: Hey, James Golden here. You might remember, I told you a few weeks ago that My Pillow had sent me their entire collection. Well, you know what? It's amazing. They are so luxurious, and it's time that you experience some of that luxury, too. My pillow makes more than pillows. I love the pillow. I sleep on it every night. But you know what else they have? They have sheets that are simply incredible. They're smooth. They're soft. They're comfortable. I look forward to getting to bed every night under these sheets. Get yourself a set of these. They're called Giza sheets. They come with a 60-day comfort guarantee. You get pillows, you get sheets. Oh, did I mention the slippers? They're incredible slippers. There is a level of comfort for pillow products that you simply have to experience. Log on to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, use the promo code ICON, that's I-C-O-N. You'll find lots of incredible offers there right now. That's MyPillow.com, promo code ICON. I have probably watched almost every State of the Union address since I was a child. Since I was, As a child, I was interested in politics, and politics was always a big deal in our house. So I watched every State of the Union, as I think about it, probably since Lyndon Johnson was in office. I have never had the kind of reaction that I had that night watching... My guy, uh, my hero, my boss, my friend, Rush Limbaugh, receiving what I thought was his just due, which was worldwide recognition for the good, for the value that he had constructed with his incredible career. This was also bittersweet because. Usually, when something big happens, the next day, I couldn't wait to run into the studio as soon as I got there. Rush would usually be in the middle of show prep, but if it was something big, I didn't care. I'd just go right in and start running my mouth or blurting or asking questions or whatever. This was different because Rush wasn't there. We had a guest host the next day. Rush was back to treatment. And it would be a few days before we saw Rush. So yeah, there was some bittersweet to it as well, but still, it, the fact remains. It will go down in history that Rush Hudson Limbaugh the third received the Medal of Freedom. I was speaking with a friend earlier who is not a political guy. He's, he's very much not a political, he's a fellow broadcaster. And what he was telling me was, you know, I, I don't follow politics day to day. But I do know this, my friend said. There are two names that define conservatism. One is Ronald Reagan, and the second one is Rush Limbaugh. Now think about that. And Rush used to acknowledge this. He just, and and he used to acknowledge it in such a almost self-effacing way. He used to say, I'm just a guy on the radio. I'm just a guy on the radio. But he was so much more than that. He was a guy that shaped American politics. He was the guy that defined what being a conservative was from behind a microphone. He was a guy that could talk policy, make that complex policy understandable to millions of Americans who would then say, you know what? That's what I believe. I'm with you that's what i think too those are my values you are describing and that is why that medal of freedom ultimately wound up being placed right near russia's heart because he was the heart of american conservatism
3: when we look out Over the United States of America, when we are anywhere, when we see a group of people such as this or anywhere, we see Americans, we see human beings. We don't see groups. We don't see victims. We don't see people we want to exploit. What we see, what we see is potential. We do not look out across the country and see the average American, the person that makes this country work, we do not see that person with contempt. We don't think that person doesn't have what it takes. We believe that person can be the best he or she wants to be if certain things are just removed from their path, like onerous taxes, regulations, and too much government.
4: My pleasure to introduce well I don't have to introduce him everybody in America knows who he is and I'm proud to say that he's a friend not just of me he's a friend of the Rush Limbaugh show and everyone that works with Rush Sean Hannity Sean before I get into the what what I wanted to talk with you about which is the events leading up to rush being awarded the Medal of Freedom and and your reaction to all that but before that I want to tell you a story okay I ran into a gentleman about a year ago black guy in his 40s and i ended up hiring him to uh, to do some work with a a group that i had founded he was a broadcaster at one point when he was very when he was in his 30s he started a broadcast career he was at a convention somewhere and there or, or some gathering where there were a bunch of well-known broadcasters and he went seeking advice from these well-known broadcasters every single one except one gave him the cold shoulder the one person he said there was one guy who took the time to kind of explain some of the points of the business give him advice on what he should be doing and how he could grow in terms of uh, being a good broadcaster and also grow his show. And he said he would never forget it. And I'm talking to that guy right now, Sean Hannity. And this is totally consistent with the human being that you are. You know, you you have climbed to the heights of broadcasting, both in television and radio. You're a household name. Did you expect to become Sean Hannity? No, no, no,
2: I'm I'm laughing. And and I can actually refer back to a conversation we had outside of a a a restaurant uh when it was very early on after we first met you know did did i ever think i'd be success no absolutely not all i knew james golden is that the first time i i was for whatever reason i was a kid and i listened to radio and my parents they weren't coming in my room that my uh, and telling me to turn off the tv my parents would come in the room turn that radio off (laughs) and in the early days of talk radio uh sometimes i'd be listening to baseball games because i was a sports nut as a kid and but then i heard the great pioneers of the world and all different people all different perspectives all different points of view all different styles and and rush was the one though that took it to this whole other level and the path was so wide that he forged it created opportunities for all of us that, that came after him. You know, when I really think back on it, 33 years in radio now and, and 25 years on Fox, I I, I can pinch myself, but I still have that same feeling when that light went on that first day, I don't know what happened, but stuff came flying out of me because I had been so passionate listening to all of these guys late into the night. And I love politics. I just loved it. You know, it took me, it takes everybody time to develop their own style and, and who they are and the type of show that they want to do. There's actually a scene in, in Howard Stern's private parts where, you know, he's, he's making the rounds and traveling from market to market and you start out and you're like, And here's a check of the weather here on WWW, hazy, hot and humid, (laughs) high now, 72 degrees on WWW. I mean, we all sound like idiots when we start, but because in your head, you're just trying to act like you're a broadcaster or or how a broadcaster should sound. The one thing that I can tell you that is natural about broadcasting, and then I don't wanna talk about me that much anymore, um, is that for whatever reason, the minute the mic went on, I instinctively knew it took energy. Like my kids would say to me, dad, why are you yelling? What what, what are you doing? And I never really thought about it until they were pointing it out to me, but we're all blessed to do it. And for those of us that love it the way you do and I do and Rush did, it's just, it's innate in a lot of
4: ways. Yeah. And I just want to say something else too, because what the energy that you talk about, not only is this common to radio and everyone that sat behind a mic and done a show knows that at the end of a show where you have given it everything you're exhausted but then Sean you go on to do this five days a week and do television as well and television is not an easy gig you don't just sit there open your mouth run your mouth and that's that <laughs> no
2: I'm, my, my day starts very early and I'm I'm flashing Ideas to both radio and TV all day long and and actually radios a heart medium You only get to touch people's hearts and people are going to determine if you They can spot a phony a mile away, but if you're being real and you're being yourself and you're being sincere They they know that you're genuine rush was genuine. I I just think eventually everybody's style Begins to develop and then the more you can be your real authentic self the better you're going to be and that's rush Yeah, I don't think rush ever was anything other than rush. When did you meet rush? I met him. I don't know which one was first and I met him once when rush came to we had an event for our Atlanta affiliate at spring training down in Florida for the Atlanta Braves and, and he did a big event for this local station back then that I was on. And then I met him when I went up for the first time to the 17th floor of 2 Plaza or the EIB building, as Rush would call it. And I, I just happened to meet with um, him randomly at that point, And he couldn't have been nicer. He knew who I was. He had done promos for me. As, you know, don't forget Sean Hannity's on 9 to noon leading into me at noon on the Rush Limbaugh show. And, it was, you know, just cordial, nice, professional. I saw how he worked. He used to have this this sort of pen where he would uh, be able to cut out very quickly articles and newspapers, kind of old style way of, of prepping. And one that I use even still today. And... Just couldn't have been nicer. And then then when I finally got up to New York after Roger uh, Ailes hired me at Fox, then I got a job I was on late night on WABC in New York and 11 to 2 after TV. And then eventually a year later, I got afternoon drive after Rush on his number one affiliate and his flagship in New York. So I'd be there doing my prep and I kind of like to talk to everybody. It got me ready for the show. And a lot of times I'd go in to say hi to you guys because we all became friendly pretty quickly. And and, and I, I think you, you intimidated the daylights out of me when I first met you because I'd watch you screen calls. And while Rush was in, the, in his studio with his real golden EIB mic, you were in the control room. And I've never seen a show behind a show like what you used to do. And that is you would go to war with certain people that would call in. And, and it was, I I was shocked. I like, this is a whole other show. We should be running this show with the (laughs) Rush Limbaugh show. It was hilarious. (laughs) And you and and Joel Santista band used to do a show together. That was a, a big success on WABC. And it was just fun. I mean, hanging out with you guys, we'd all smoke cigars and, you know, just hang out, have fun. It was just a fun, fun environment to be around. And, and, I, you know, I feel blessed. I've been able to to watch it unfold and watch Russia's success. and you know my studio is next to his and and then eventually you guys were crazy enough to let me fill in and the, I you know, I got that opportunity, which was for radio the opportunity of a lifetime for me.
4: Well, Sean, I would I'm gonna tell you what I told you then. Anyone that really knew radio could tell that you were going to be huge in this business. You and told I, me that
2: at the time, and I I looked at you, and I said, you're crazy. Yeah. That's what I said to you. I did not believe you. Yeah. And I remember where we were. We we're on 2nd Avenue. Mimi's is the restaurant. That's right. And we finished, and you said, you know your career's about to take off like a rocket ship. Those were your exact words. Yeah. And I looked at you, and I said, oh, okay, whatever. I was kind of rolling my eyes. I never believed it. You want to know the truth? Goodness. I don't think I've done a show in my whole life, James, where... I didn't, in the back of my mind, think it's possible it's my last show. That's amazing. I mean, maybe that sounds crazy, but I, I I, still, at some point, I just kind of expected somebody would wake up and say, okay, we could do better than this guy.
4: Let me say something to you, because see, this is what you have, this is what Rush had. It's You just expressed something that I saw with Rush for the entire time I was with him he was always always conscious of how in this industry you had to perform it wasn't about the show that you did yesterday it's about the show that you're going to do today and that show has to be badass no matter and and it's the same kind of hunger you know like you i mean sean the the hours you put in are incredible the hours rush put in to doing his show incredible anyone that achieves this level of success that rush had that you have has to do the work it doesn't happen by osmosis and it doesn't happen by accident you know i uh, i can't help it you know i've actually said this
2: on the air and maybe rush was the same way if if all of this were gone tomorrow and i i probably would be the lunatic riding around in my car for three hours doing my own talk show acting like the host and the callers and and talk to myself i mean it is so ingrained in my dna to do this i don't know what life without it would be like the you know people but that are close to me asked me, well, why don't you take off more? Why don't you go on vacation? Have you ever been, you know, where have you traveled? And I'm like, Oh, I've traveled to Israel. I've traveled to Baghdad, Vietnam, Singapore, Helsinki, uh, England, uh, when president Trump was there and they're like, no, 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 where'd you go on vacation? And I'm like, um, uh florida (laughs) you know (laughs) and they you know and they look at me like i'm insane and i yeah would i like to one day go to new zealand and australia yeah but i kind of don't have the time to do it and it's not that i'm insecure to take off it's just that i this is what i do i love doing it i don't i i i never know how much longer you have to do it you know russia's death when you and i have talked about this personally it hit us both hard because really hard he, he, and I said it at the time is that I just can't it just I'm not I haven't been able to fully absorb or comprehend that he's not there every day because it's been such a, a powerful impactful voice for things that I am passionate about and you're passionate about and he was passionate about, but also a leader of, you know, everybody has different talents. And I, I think Russia's unique talent was whatever the issue happened to be, he was going to, he would find a take on it that nobody else could ever think of.
4: That's exactly right. And it was, it, it's a gift. And day after day, day after day, show after show, the same thing. Every day, I mean, and, we, and it's just amazing. Yeah, and I and I remember there'd be times I'd be
2: listening to them. I'm like, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> you know, and um, <laughs> but it was just also pure entertainment. You know, our industry has changed quite a bit. There's there's certainly a chilling environment that we all work in because there's an entire industry now cancel culture. Russia's been living in cancel lived in cancel culture his whole career. I've lived with cancel culture my whole career. You know, we we we've known from day one that there are groups of people that are mobilized and financed that record every word we say and attack us and and try and, and boycott us or try and get us fired if we say one thing that they don't like or deem over the line or whatever it happens to be. But it But it's very real, and it's almost like all of a sudden now society's catching up to what conservatives, but the bubble we've been living in
4: forever. I, I think this is gonna to go to the point that the pendulum is gonna to start to swing the other way, though.
2: I agree, I agree completely.
4: Yeah, Sean, I was in my garage, and I get a phone call, and, and, and my phone says, Sean Hannity, oh, okay. And Sean Hannity says to me, listen, I don't know what your plans are, and I don't know what you're doing, but whatever you're doing, you have to watch President Trump's address to the nation tonight. And I can't tell you why, Mm -hmm. but you have to watch it. True story.
2: Yeah. And I'm like, wow. I called you. I called Cookie. Uh, Everybody that needed to know, I said, do not miss it. In other words, I didn't want you to miss it live. And this is the Medal of Freedom.
5: Rush Limbaugh, thank you for your decades of tireless devotion to our country. And Rush, in recognition of all that you have done for our nation, the millions of people a day that you speak to and that you inspire, and all of the incredible work that you have done for charity, I am proud to announce tonight that you will be receiving our country's highest civilian honor, the Presidential Medal of Freedom. I will now ask the First Lady of the United States to present you with the honor, please.
4: That was one of the most incredible nights for all of us that love rush and that whooshed and and had hoped for years that he would get the sort of acknowledgement in that venue that he deserved, and it was incredible. Now, I have—and I want to put you on the spot here, but don't feel compelled to answer this question. A source close to the president that I spoke with recently told me that the very first person that suggested to— the president rush limbaugh should receive some sort of honor like this was you russia's
2: diagnosis um that day now russia's brother's been my my agent attorney everybody knows for 30 years i mean because i didn't know anyone else that knew anything about radio and somebody said well russia's brother's a lawyer ask him and it just turned out For the first few contracts he ever did, he he never charged me a penny because I wasn't making any money anyway. And it just turned out to be a a lifelong friendship with his brother, David, who I love and his whole family. And so he gave me a little bit of a heads up. He had promised everybody, especially his brother, that he wasn't going to tell anybody and he kept his word. But he knew that Rush, the day that he announced that he had advanced stage four lung cancer that I was coming on right after. And he didn't want me to be totally blindsided. So maybe five minutes before Rush announced it, he calls me. And so I, I, I stopped what I was doing. And yeah, I usually try to prepare in quiet because I just, am, I just need to think what before I'm doing my show, especially 15 minutes before. And, you know, I heard Rush make the announcement. I'm upset. Levin's on the phone with me. He's upset. And we, you know, we're devastated. We're not stupid. We all know what stage four, advanced stage four lung cancer is. And so, but I listened very closely. And the next thing I pick my head up and it's 3.05 and I'm cracking this mic open in a minute and I'm like, oh my gosh, how do I handle this? And then I'll tell you what I thought. I said, I just heard somebody stoically, amazingly, courageously, you know, talk about the most difficult aspect of this life, which is illness. And, you know, one day we're all going to meet that moment. And and I said, okay, I got to keep that keep that. He was he was stoic. He was courageous, and he was honest. It wasn't long after that I got a call from Matt Drudge, mm-hmm. and he goes, "I need I need you to do something." I said, "Sure, what do you want?" And he loves he loved Rush, as we all know. They were they were good friends, mm-hmm. and he he said the president really needs to honor him, but he needs to do it soon, before Rush has to go through his his treatment. So, it was you know, I I called him and I said I said, would you consider I just talked to Matt and Matt said he talked to others around the president and I just, would you consider doing this? And immediately said, that's a great idea. And there were people around him, I won't mention who. What do you think of this? Wouldn't that be cool? That's what he said. And it was that quick. And then the day before I called you, I got a call back from the White House saying that it was gonna happen that night and that Melania was gonna put it on him. Wow! She was gonna give him the Medal of Freedom. I know that it meant the world to him and really the only guy that would ever have the guts to do that is a guy like Donald Trump and I admire him for it, but it was his decision completely and and he didn't spend more than a minute thinking about it.
4: That's the whole story. That's an incredible story and thank you and and thank matt drudge and thank all of the people around the president who also advocated for that because it was truly one of the most special days that rush listeners rush fans ever had and so i'm glad that you were able to share that with us and that you did that it's the only thing i've ever i ever
2: i i made a rule that cause I, everybody that writes about my relationship with Donald Trump is always wrong. They have no idea more than anything else. We had developed a friendship over 25 years, but I made a promise to him and to myself. I'm not, I don't want anything from him that he's going to serve the country. And if he's advocating for these policies that I believe with all my heart, mind and soul work that I'm going to, I only want to help that cause and
4: and I, I I think he did a phenomenal job i I believe that as well me too now Sean you said you wanted to mention something about Russia's final year so look I don't know if you did what I did I assume you probably
2: did and you know what did I do immediately I'm just researching like a maniac you know advanced stage four lung I didn't have all the facts nor did I ever dare ask the question of what specific type of cancer that he had, but it didn't take long for me to realize that this, he was in for a really uphill fight. He knew it too. You knew it as well. Mm -hmm. And I'd known it long before he even began his treatment because I'd seen it in my life. I knew, we all know people that have had cancer treatments, as you know, and the... The one thing I realized, realize, uh oh, this is this is going to be a rough year. This is going to be a rough time, yeah. and I knew the treatment that he would be receiving, even the most advanced medicines and experimental medicines, they have kill you to try and save you, or at least to buy you more time. And what blew me away about Russia's last year is. He fought like hell because you're in, you're in nothing but utter agony and exhausted beyond explanation because I have friends that have been through all of this. You go over, you visit them, they can barely lift their hand up. They're so tired and wiped out from the treatment. And he went through that for that year so that, and I think he knew the whole time that he was buying time my My guesses based on the things that I glean from what he said is he really didn't think he'd be around for the election. I almost feel like he willed himself to live beyond the election because he cared so much about the country. But mm-hmm. all of those treatments that he took were if if we have bucket lists, we now know what Russia's bucket list was, that he would go through hell try and get strong enough just to do the things he wants to do what was the thing he wanted to do he wanted to get back on the air right he would take all the all of the all of these harsh treatments get just barely strong enough to get through a show it and and that was his bucket list that's right that's what he loved. He loved his audience. He loved his craft. He loved his profession. Absolutely. It's what made him the greatest of all
4: time. And Sean, I want to say something about Extraordinary Beyond Words as well. And everything that you said, ditto to that. Mega dittos. Ditto. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, want to, I want to, and you've been very generous with your time, and I want to leave you with this. During that entire period, I would get calls from Sean Hannity wanting to know how we were, wanted to know how everyone was. And Sean, I revealed to Sean that uh, my mom was also fading at the same time Rush was, and I got calls almost. A- what what a, what a week. Yep. What a week you had. Ugh. Almost every single night, the phone to ringing it with Sean. I'm just checking in. I want to know how you're doing. I want to know how everything is. How are you feeling? What's going on? Can I do anything for you? Yes, Sean, you're a friend. You're, you're an amazing friend. You're an amazing friend to all of us. Every time you would come down to the Southern Command, um, it was with, with your crew, with your people, it was almost like it was a big family reunion between us. We were like one big family.
2: It weren't, weren't those days fun? They
4: were just so much fun.
2: I, when I'd go down and I'd give Rush the hour on TV. By the way, it was such a hard interview. Rush, what do you think about this? And that's it. Okay, we'll take a break. We'll come right back more with <laughs> Rush <Limbaugh. laughs> It's like there's only three people that I interview that way. Rush and uh, Levin. Now, don't interrupt me. I'm about to say something. Let me finish. And President Trump. And, man, but, but I mean, you guys would, like, lay out a spread of food. And I'm like, guys, I'm not eating all of this crap, danishes and breakfast and whatever y'all you you are all having. And, and Rush would come out, oh, do you have the new iPhone 12? Here's five of them. I'm like, <laughs> oh, thanks, Rush. <laughs> um, but he – those were special days. Those were special days. I, 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 special I wish days. we could do it again. Don't, Don't you – I know. You know, it's sort of like – Garth Brooks has a song If Tomorrow Never Comes. You know, it's it's about a dad and and staring over his young daughter but you know, now thinking back all of it was special. Everything that he did.
4: We had really special you know. times. And I feel so blessed though. That's the thing. Me too. Along with the I sadness do. is the gratitude. And I have and that's where I was going with this Sean. You know, you you learn who your true friends are in your life god always has a way of revealing who your real friends are and so i want to end this by not only thanking you for your time but thank you for being such a beautiful human being and a beautiful friend to me and to everybody wow. on the eib staff it,
2: it 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 is it is mutual it really is and uh you're right i have i have a very very deep gratitude to all of you, including, especially you, you and I had a very special bond and we still do. Yeah. And I will tell you some of the calls, you know, after Rush passed, uh, it killed me cause I knew you were crushed. Yeah. And then, then you lost your mom, what, three days later,
4: three days later.
2: And it's, I mean, you, you want to talk about a punch in the gut and a bat to the head. That's it and you know and you, you're very stoic like rush tough as nails but you know light the, the road less traveled is a great book and it says life is difficult nobody has it easy and this was a very hard time but on the other hand like you i'm so grateful for your friendship Rush's friendship and for everybody that you know, I've, I've gotten to you know on my, our journey together, all of us, and I just want his audience to know this. He loved them. You were his bucket list. And uh, you know, uh, that's, that's pretty special. I
3: want to, I don't know, get a little personal here. You know, this is the time of year where I often become the most reflective and thankful for all of the blessings that I have had my entire life. And the blessings that I have had obviously extend to uh, my family, uh, the people who work and have worked here at the EIB Network. Uh, Every year, about this time, we get the top 50 list, the top 10 list of this or that the uh, the best cars, the best movies, whatever, the most influential in the media, the most influential here, the most. But there's always a group left out, and it's you, the most influential audience in all of media, is right here on this program, hands down, no contest, because without you, none of anything that happens here would have happened. It would be all academic if it weren't for you. I cannot thank you enough. I'm so humbled by it and blown away by it that if I, I... So as far as I'm concerned, you're it. You're tops. And I would have to include in this all of the great radio stations to make it possible for all of you to listen to be part of this audience. I cannot express my gratitude and for all of me and my family as well. So thank you again. You are the most influential audience in
4: all of media. Special thanks to my very dear friend, truly one of the good guys, Sean Hannity, for sharing some great stories about his perspective on the life of Rush Limbaugh. On our next episode... We'll take a closer look at the Rush Limbaugh that very few people actually knew about. As much as he did for charity on the air, you may not believe how many things he quietly did for others behind the scenes. Away from the microphone, out of the spotlight. Rush's kindness is the topic of our next episode. Rush Limbaugh, the man behind the golden EIB microphone, is produced by Chris Kelly and Phil Tower, the best producers in America. Production assistance. Mike Mamone, and the executive producers Craig Kitchen and Julie Talbot, our program distributed worldwide by Premier Networks, found on the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. This is James Golden. This is Bo Snerdly. This is James Golden. I'm honored to be your host for this and every single episode of Rush Limbaugh, the man behind the Golden EIB microphone. Thank you for being with us.